Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Elvis fans from around the world, welcome to another episode of the podcast I like to call Shaping Elvis. My name is Josh Ward, here in WTVA Podcast Studios in King City, Tupelo, Mississippi, right down the road from the birthplace of Elvis Presley. All right, so it looks like I have done it again and clear the air one more time, but this time I actually owned up to it on Facebook first, but it turns out I said Elvis's great-grandparents, and it was actually his grandparents. So just to clear the air, here we go. I'm going to give you the quick genealogy of Elvis Presley. Now, because I actually said great-grandparents, I'll start in the great-grandparents. Yeah, I realize that's going to be a lot, but here we go. And again, this is coming from the book, The Roots of Elvis Presley, written by Julian C. Riley. You can get your copy here in Tupelo at Tupelo Hardware or wherever fine books are sold online. I found it on Amazon, but Miss Connie at Tupelo Hardware is graciously loaning me her book, but I have a really good feeling I will probably be getting my own copy quite soon. Here we go. Now, this is the maternal side. Thomas Smith and his wife. Now, I say it that way because it says unknown. Uh, great, great grandmother. Now, forgive me if I say some of these names wrong. On his mom's side, great grandparents, Mileage O. Smith and Anna Manzel had Robert Lee Smith. Now, we talked about him last time that everybody called him Bob, remember? And that is Gladys's father. Okay. A. White Sim Mansell and Martha Sue Tackett had Octavia L. Mansell, and that was Gladys's mother, Elvis's grandmother. Okay? So, Elvis's grandparents on his mother's side was Robert Lee Smith and Octavia Mansell. Now, turning the page, on the Presley side, John Wallace and Rosella E. Presley had Jesse D. Presley. And that's Elvis's great-grandparents, John and Rosella. And then William Buck Hood and Mary L. Warren had Minnie May Hood. And that would be Grandma Dodger. So Jesse D. and Minnie May had Vernon. Vernon had Elvis. There you go. Clear as mud. Also something I found very interesting, and I had heard this in the past, but I actually forgot about it until I started reading up and checking things out. Elvis's great-great-great grandmother let me check that make sure i said that right yes great 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 grandmother her name was morning white dove now that's a strange name some might say the reason is she was full-blooded cherokee indian probably why elvis had those eyes that everybody has grown to love you look in them and he just commands your attention and the defined cheeks all traits of Cherokee Indian. I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Now we move to January 8th, 1935. I really wanted to capture the day of how that was. Um, but even talking to people, reading up stuff on the Internet, reading books, I can't really capture the essence of the day. However, um, as we heard last time with Mr. Turner, Mr. Roy Turner, it was dark, uh, probably just before dawn, I believe, he said. 
in the house that we all know today as the birthplace here in Tupelo, Gladys gave birth to twin sons. Now, Jesse Guerin was first stillborn, and soon thereafter, Elvis Presley was born um, healthy, alive. And as we all know, Elvis was then the only child of Vernon and Gladys. And as far as I have gotten so far, that is really all I personally know. And, um, you know, if we get a season two, um, maybe I can do some homework and, and really get into that day uh, a little more. But I kind of wanted to focus this episode on the birthplace itself. If you've never been, you should. Just to see and experience what it's like to be here in Tupelo and just kind of, you know, really get into where Elvis came from and his humble beginnings. Even since I've been here, it has just blossomed into a beautiful establishment. You have beautiful plants, you have beautiful trees, you've got the birthplace, uh, fountains, statues, the childhood church, the museum, even a theater in the back, a nice park you could go walking. Uh, it's just an all-around great place to visit. Uh, one you should definitely put on your things to do. Some might call it a bucket list. Anywho, as you may have figured out, I have spent a lot of time at the birthplace, getting to know people, talking to different people, talking to fans, visitors, and the like. It's actually, it's a little bit out of my way when I leave for the day, but I always catch myself going, eh, let me pull in here and see real quick what's going on. But one of my very first interviews was with Mr. Dick Guyton. Mr. Guyton has helped me so much during this journey. He's always been gracious enough to let me go on to the property and walk around and talk to people. I want to take a break right now and thank him very much and his staff for letting me come and go. <laughs> uh, their hospitality has been awesome. So thank you, Mr. Guyton and the staff at the Elvis Presley birthplace. So like I said, it was one of my first interviews when I started this podcast, and I was very nervous, kind of like I am right now. And here's what Mr. Guyton had to say. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. For a Monday? For a Monday, <laughs> yeah. So uh, just tell me who you are. What do you do here at the birthplace? I'm Dick Guyton. I'm the director of the Elvis Presley birthplace, and I have been here for almost 16 years now. How many people... <laughs> do you see on a daily basis? Well, daily basis, it varies uh, the time of the year and the time of the week. Uh, an annual number that we use is somewhere between seventy-five and 80,000 people wow. uh, a year. And the fifth anniversary years of his death and his uh, birth are are even bigger than that. So we, we have a good crowd almost every day. We'll average somewhere between 250 and 300 motor coaches a year. Just people from all over. Can you, can you just off the top of your head name places? People from uh, literally all over the world. We've had people from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Japan, uh, China, Tibet, uh, most of the European countries, uh, most of the Scandinavian countries. Uh, South Africa, literally all over the world. All over the world. First yeah. people from Tupelo, I'm sure, still come. We do. We have some from Tupelo. And most every year we'll have all of the 50 states uh, covered in, in visitors here. Right. 
Elvis never forgot where he came from. Never did. Came back to Tupelo quite often. Uh, a lot of people didn't realize that because he would slip into town uh, in the evenings. Uh, he had lots of folks here, family and friends, that he wanted to visit with. And so he would come down. He would let them know when he was coming. And a lot of their visitor visitation time was at uh, the Lee County Sheriff's Office. He liked being around law enforcement people. So when, when he would let it be known that he was coming down, they would gather at the sheriff's office and visit for a while and then back to Memphis. Now, I'm glad you, you brought that up um, because this wasn't just in the early days. I mean, this lasted, he would come back to town, you know, years and years, even into the 70s. Yes, he did. Uh, several years ago, we had Priscilla here to spend the day with us. And uh, some of us were standing in front of the house with her, and uh, she was asked, you know, when was the last time you were here? And she said, well, the last time I remember is when, when Elvis and I uh, were here uh, after we had come back or come back down here uh, on a weekend or something. Uh, so, yeah, he came back. He had friends here that he would come down and visit with. They would go to Graceland and visit as well. But, uh, yeah, he, he never forgot Tupelo and this little house down here. I saw him perform in uh, the two concerts he did here in 1956 and 57. But that's, uh, that's the only time that I saw him, and I never met him. Okay, so you saw the concert, you saw both concerts. Yes. Uh, what was it like? Electrifying? <laughs> It was a madhouse. It was electrifying. It was uh, more than you could ever believe about. I don't know of anything that had happened in Tupelo prior to that time that was as exciting as that. Uh, somebody asked me one time what I remember most about, uh, about that day, and uh, it was very hot. It was in a September afternoon, and it was very hot. And he was wearing a long sleeve blue velvet shirt, and he was burning up just like everybody else was. <laughs> but he puts on a great show. He did. He really did that afternoon. Yeah, in those days, you know, he was moving and shaking and all over the place. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we've uh, we've seen lots of pictures. Everybody has seen those pictures, those famous pictures from. Uh, uh, from the fairgrounds that were made in 57. Can you pick yourself out of that? Of a, no. Of those <laughs> I, was, I was sitting on the top row of the bleachers. Okay. Uh, now, I know some people that can pick themselves out of the picture, but no, I was not down that close. Let, let me touch on something there real quick. Um, I have talked to other uh, fellas, if you will, um, who were there and around that time, mm -hmm. who have said, you know, when he came to Tupelo, man, we didn't know whether to like him or to hate him. And said, and most of it was because, uh, you know, they were, all of our women were screaming, but then again, we were tapping our toes. You know, we couldn't help it. Can you comment on something like that? Well, I, you know, how you felt back then and, and then how you felt in later life as an adult and even today. Uh, I was probably the same way back then. I, I, 
I was there because everybody else was there, and he was a hometown guy, and uh, we never had anything like that at the fair. And so, uh, you know, I was there just because of that. In later years, uh, as I began to to hear his music, and I, I enjoyed his music so much, and the concert years uh, that he performed in Vegas and uh, the television shows, uh, that's my special Elvis, and, and I, I really, I really appreciate his music because uh, he he sang to the masses. Uh, no matter what kind of music he sang, uh, it related to somebody. And I think that's another reason that people still today uh, feel like they do toward him is because they like his music and they can relate to it. He's a very generous person. Even in, in his early, when he first started making money, if you, if you want to say like that. I didn't, I didn't realize how generous he was until I came to work out here and visited Graceland a few times. And when you, when you walk in that museum area where all those checks are hanging on the wall, uh, checks that he gave money to people, when you hear about all of the Cadillacs that he gave to strangers, uh, he was he was a very very generous person, and it didn't have to be uh, somebody he knew. It was just uh, a stranger that he felt like he needed to do something for. I was watching a video talking about his generosity and things like that. You know, it, it didn't just go to it was cash, it was cars. Um, I think he even correct me if I'm wrong. Bought his cook, if you will, at Grayson. Bought her house. You know, just mm -hmm. 10 minutes down the road. That's right. That's right. Um, but I specifically want to talk about the area we're sitting in right now. When he was here in 57, he discovered this piece of property was for sale. The landowner had passed away, and the family had put the property up for sale. And so he, uh, he spoke with the city fathers and uh, told them that he would like a park on the east side of town, and that if if he donated the money from his concerts, would they take that money and buy the 15 acres, and the house was still sitting there, and develop a park out of it. And so uh, that's, that's what happened, and that's when it became a, a benefit concert. He agreed to give the money so they could buy the property. Uh, I'm told, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm told that for a year or two after that, he continued to give money, uh, and then for some reason uh, it stopped. But that's the way the park came to be. It's a 15-acre uh, park, uh, one of the city parks in Tupelo. And the house that stands here is original? Uh, it is original. It was built on that same spot in uh, in, in 1934, but that's, the original, that's the original spot. The lay of the land has changed. Old Saltillo Road and sure. the intersection out there has has changed quite a bit. But now that's where the house was originally built. Final thoughts? Any anything um, you know that we missed? Any events? You got events coming up? Or but well, I specifically do want to. Yeah, we do two events a year. We do a fan appreciation day in uh, early August. It kind of kicks off Elvis Week in Memphis. And then we do a birthday party on the 8th of January every year. And uh, 
again, those fifth anniversaries of his birth and his death, we try to do a little something special. And so far, those days have been really good for us and good for the fans, too. Fans love coming here. They like the simplicity of the park. Uh, they like the way things are set up and the, and the flow that we have with people moving from one attraction to the other. And then in the last five years, we've been able to open up the backside of the property with uh, the area that we call Becoming, where the two statues up on the overlook. And then about 18 months ago, uh, opened the lake that we call Reflection. And uh, it kind of fits a story about if Elvis were here today, what would he reflect on from his past? and suggest that fans who want to go and be a part of that uh, reflection for a while can go and sit on a bench by the waterfall and uh, just reminisce and think back and, and enjoy their time here at the birthplace. Well, I'm, I've been very glad to be a part of it for the last 16 years. Being from Tupelo, uh, I've always been proud of being from Tupelo and knowing that he was from Tupelo and then putting my feelings with my job, uh, it's really been a, a nice thing that I've had to experience over the last 16 years. It's been really good. Been quite a ride, huh? Wonderful ride, <laughs> yes, a wonderful ride. Seeing all of the developments and meeting so many different kinds of people. I think that's the most important thing that I remember is uh, it's not a day goes by that I don't meet somebody from somewhere else, some other country, uh, some other part of the world, and it's uh, it's a good thing. I really have enjoyed it. Well, in the words of Elvis, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> After I talked to Mr. Guyton, I went over to the birthplace and got to talk with Miss Nina. Now, she is the tour guide or one of the tour guides of the birthplace itself. And here's what she had to say. So I've just walked into the birthplace, and this is what you would hear. Uh, first, I want to get your name, and what do you do here at the birthplace? My name is Nina, and I give tours down here of Elvis's little house where he was born. Let's just say I walk in, and I see your smiling face, and uh, what is it that you would say to me? Now, don't give me the full thing, because we want people to come actually come here and hear you give the entire thing, so give me a very nutshell version here. Okay. I say welcome to the birthplace, and Elvis was actually born in this little house. The house is had very little work done on it. They did not have wallpaper. They had newspapers on it, and it was not painted white on the outside. It was natural weather-beaten wood. His father borrowed $180 and built it, and then Elvis was born right here in it. This house is still in the original place that Mr. Presley, Mr. Vernon Presley, his brother, Vester, and his father, Jesse, helped him to build this house, and it is in the same place they built it. In the exact same place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you come here, when somebody comes here from all over the world, just had a beautiful conversation with someone from London who was just about to come meet you. And um, But anyway, when you come here, you are walking up the steps that Elvis Presley once walked in. You did. You walk right up the same steps that he walked in at three years old, because he was three years old when they moved from here. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. 
And thank you for coming in. All right. I just had to go out and talk to fans, talk to people. And I've said this probably more than twice. One of the things I really didn't take into consideration, and it was really an eye-opener for me, was that as soon as I got there, I was probably there for about three hours total. But my time with the fans and with people all around was probably about two hours. Out of the two hours, I talked to people from at least five different countries. And here's a few of them. One in particular, shout out to Graham. You'll hear him in a little bit. I caught him, they were, he was uh, obviously on a tour bus, um, major tour that I can't remember if he actually said he came, they were doing Tupelo and then Memphis or Memphis and then Tupelo or maybe it was just Tupelo, I can't remember. But anyhow, I got a before and after reaction and it's just absolutely incredible. To me, it was to be there and experience what it's like for somebody to go in for the first time and then come out for the first time and hear what they had to say. And too, I do have to say this, uh, he was kind of getting rushed from the tour folks. Bless his heart. So anyway, here are some fan reactions. Your first name and where are you from? Shelly from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. What really got you to become an Elvis fan? You said you listened to him from, from childhood. From childhood, from the time I was maybe four or five years old, listening to him with my parents, my cousins. Was, you know, we always were together at special occasions and we'd have music on and we'd dance around and, and just, you know, growing up and after school, an Elvis movie would be on. We had the Elvis week and I'd watch all the movies and I loved the songs and it just kept going on from there. And, you know, some people think I'm crazy because <laughs> I was like 12. I was 12 when he died, but uh, like taking it all in, it's, it's, I like it. So I see you've actually have uh, three other friends or family? Uh, my husband and two very good friends. Okay, hey, was this a, a destination or is this something stopped on the way? We just stopped on the way. I've been before um, a few years back and did the whole Graceland thing and my friend Nancy here, she never realized how much of an Elvis fan I was and and uh, you, she herself found it uh, very interesting to do all of Graceland, never realized exactly what Elvis was all about, I guess. Kind of amazing to see where he came from, yes. uh, from from very humble beginnings, and to the man. What 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 would be your your overall take of today's visit? That he never lost touch with those humble beginnings. I think you know, even un, until the day he died, probably never having the opportunity to live a normal life because of who he was, but. Um, he always kept those humble beginnings with him, was very giving to other people, and I think that's what's made him stay alive. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. I have run up on some friends of mine. Can you tell me who you are, first name, and where you're from? Yeah, I'm Stephen Weller from London, England. Yeah, but uh, very satisfactory. Yeah. Just, just come here, we've just been over to see the Masters, and then thought we'd come across here to Elvis' birthplace. Yeah. Uh, you've gone. Have you gone through the tour, or are you just? We've just arrived. We've literally just pulled up. Okay. So you're you're looking forward to going in there. Really looking forward to it. Yes. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Well, I thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure. Right. Great to be here. Thanks much. Uh, your first name and where are you from? 
I'm from Holland. My first name is Wilhelmine. Wilhelmine? Yes. Did I say that right? Wilhelmine. Yes, it's okay. That is a beautiful name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're here because of our daughter lives uh, near to Atlanta in Newnan. We're visiting her, but uh, from the moment we decided to go here, we would know that we would as well go to Memphis, to Graceland, right. and to below, and see Martin Luther's uh, place of, of, of right. right. Okay, right. yes. Uh, so you have been to Graceland? Yes. Okay. We How did. was that? Well, marvelous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> marvelous. And, and you're here in Tupelo. Have you gone through everything? Yes, because we're going back. It's exactly on our road to Newnan. It's the road, uh, how do I say, 78. So we uh, passed, almost passed, uh, came nearby uh, Tupelo. Okay. Yes. Um, how long are you here? Here in the area. At, at the birthplace today. How long? Oh uh, no, today? we just uh, we uh, just arrived half an hour ago, okay. and my son-in-law is in the car with the little baby oh, who's okay. born in America. Oh, yes. That's great. Yes. That's great. So, um, can you can we tell me favorite Elvis song? Um, well, my, well, it's quite difficult to say, but might be Heartbreak Hotel because that's well, but. But suspicious mind, I don't know. How many can how, how many choices can I <laughs> well, make? Like I had, I've said to some people, you can you can break it down. You can go 50s, 60s, and 70s. So if you okay. That. Yeah. Well, I know it's it's. There's too many to Too choose. difficult. But today we were in the Sun Studio as well. In and there the, we heard the first. Um, Sung, Elvis recorded it over there, and uh, oh, I felt kind of, you know, emotional. And then the guide, he stopped the music and asked everyone, how is everyone doing? Everyone okay? And I thought, oh my God, it's coming into immediately. So yes, well, it's, it's, it's not done if you ask me to choose one song. Right. <laughs> yes, it's not. No. Well, thank you so much for your time. Back You're at the welcome. birthplace, and uh, I've met up with a new friend of mine. His name's Graham. And Graham, tell me where you're from, brother. I'm from Manchester, uh, England. Well, just I, outside, actually. It's greater Manchester. It's a place called Glossop. Yes, it's just outside. Countryside, more like, you know. Country living, though. It is, yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to the Tupelo birthplace of Elvis Presley? Well, it's actually um, my girlfriend. She loves the music. She loves all the music, uh, you know, the country music, Elvis's music, blues music. And I'm a fan of music. And uh, it's kind of her dream to come over and, uh, and just visit all the music all the way up. Elvis is obviously, you know, it's got to be a box, it's got to be ticked. Um, so it's not the same looking when you know when you when you, when you see it on TV. You've got to feel it, and it's just nice to be here and feel the presence and the energy. You know, that's what's really important. You know, get a real experience from it. We um, were talking earlier about how many people, uh, just worldwide, he touched, and you obviously from England. Um, my mum was a big fan of Elvis Presley, and I kind of heard it, you know, in the record. My father loved hi-fi, and he always had the best hi-fi, so, you know, having young ears, and when you've got records like that, you know, it's, it, it has an influence when you're a child. 
because you, you really feel the music, you know, when you're young, and uh, and it's kind of uh, it's very special for me to actually be on the same grounds and just just be here. You can I can just feel his energy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how long are you in for? Uh, we're here just for we're doing a big tour. Um, uh, we're here for it's, it's, it's like a nine-day tour or something like that. It works out. Yeah. Go on to Graceland. Oh yeah, straight after, straight after. Yeah, the hotel where we're going to is right outside. So then we're doing the whole tour of, of his, uh, you know, resting place and so on and so forth. Yeah. This is your first time in the states. And it is my first time in America. What's it? What's it like being in, in good old Mississippi? Do you know, I'm 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 shocked by it all. It's I find I never thought American people were so polite and so kind. Um, and, and uh, humble and just wanting to help you and you know I, I, what you see on television half the time is, is all the bad news about America but uh, just, it's just it's, it's turned everything on, on its back really I mean I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to love the place you know I mean I, you know the music's fantastic but um, I'm, I'm beginning to like the American people now even more so, you know. Well, we like you too. And I see, well, your, thank you very I, much. I see your I see your tour starting, so we'll stop here. Thank Thanks you so much. much. Take, Appreciate you. Take care, thank man. You. Thank you very much. All right, so I'm back with Graham. And and now with the lovely lady. Sally. Sally. Sally, it's yeah. good to meet you. Nice I'm Josh. You. Hi, Josh. Um, so you've gone through it? We have. And what did you think? Um, emotional. Very emotional, yeah. Yeah. The lady, you know, I mean, it was a short, uh, uh, what would you call it, tour, I, I guess, yeah. you know, but uh, she gave some really nice information. She said that she's met Elvis, which is nice. Um, and she speaks of what was original of the house, because um, the house obviously was sold on, um, but... The shell of the house is all original, and uh, all the you know the door frames and the doors and everything like that. So it's nice just to be in that and feel the energy. Uh, it's just a wonderful experience to actually be in the house where he was born um, at such a young age. And the, the photograph on the wall is the, is the only photograph I think is when he was a child. Um, and such a small place, it must have been. It must have been really difficult to live in those conditions. She spoke of a father, you know, his, his father, where he didn't really earn much, and uh, he's doing the best he can to try and make ends meet, uh, forging a few checks as you do to keep your family, you know, keep the food on the plate. Hey, thanks nice for nice to thanks meet you. you. It's Thank good to you. meet you. Thanks, just take care. Enjoy, enjoy the drive, bro. I'm Lee. Lee, good to meet you. You too. Where are you from? Virginia. From Virginia. Okay. Are you just in for for giggles, or are you in for business, or why did you want? Well, you I, come to the I recently retired, and I'm traveling the the Natchez Trace Parkway. Awesome. Really? <laughs> yes. Just off the top of your head, favorite Elvis song? Oh gosh, I couldn't name one. They're all great. Um, did you ever have the chance to meet? I did not, but one time I saw Priscilla. Really? Can yes. Tell me about that. From a distance. Yeah. And I was actually in Florida at the time, and it was many, many years ago. At least somebody told me that's who it was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it.
All right, friends, so that's it for this episode of Shaping Elvis. I do hope you have enjoyed it. Still hadn't heard from anybody else. I want your stories. Send me your stories. You can do that several ways. Send me an email, shapingelvis at gmail.com, shapingelvis at gmail.com. You can also send me an instant message on my Facebook, WTVAJ Ward, um, or, of course, Ward at WTVA.com. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Shaping Elvis. Thank you so much for being with me. I'm Josh Ward saying Elvis may have left the building, but he's never left our hearts. I love y'all. Bye. Shaping Elvis is produced and edited by me, Josh Ward. Executive producer, Jason Lee Esri. It is a production of WTVA Podcasts. The views and opinions you hear on the show belong to me and my guests and don't necessarily reflect those of WTVA, parent company Heartland Media, or WLOV. Thank you. And good night. You've been listening to Shaping Elvis. Josh Ward, you do a great job, brother. Great job. Fantastic. Shaping Elvis with Josh. (laughs)